0: Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: Today's episode of To Be Honest is brought to you by Game Time. Okay, folks, time for a little pop quiz. Do you think NFL tickets are cheaper three weeks or three hours before the game? You can find the answer with GameTime, the ticket-buying app that proves patience is more than just a virtue. It can save you some serious cash. GameTime is the leader in last-minute tickets. Pick your deal, see the view from where you're sitting, and buy in two taps. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game.
2: And welcome to To Be Honest. I'm your host, D'Angelo Williams. I'm going to bring in a very special guest um, here in a minute. I just want to say thank you so much to the music gods of changing our intro music. Thank you so much. It's much appreciated by myself. And uh, now I bring in, you know, fantasy expert and uh, family man extraordinaire, Jake Seeley. Welcome, Drake. How's things going?
1: Good. Did, did I get downgraded? Or did I have a bad performance last week? I got
2: downgraded to a guest from like, well, like I a mean, friend I, and co host. I, 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 I didn't. I I'm just I'm still kind of <laughs> upset with you after last week's uh conversation. So yeah. I, you you know, you play <laughs> nice this week and we'll give you back Get your status back where it was last week. I can
1: move back up. Well, we got a couple weeks until uh, Call of Duty comes out, so I I got some time before I need to prep for that. But, yeah, we're going to talk. I'm sure I'm going to get you mad again today because we're going to be talking rookies and backup quarterbacks. the Melvin Gordon, let's see if that worked out. The Browns in the AFC North. We're going to do fans, whether or not they should be cheering injuries, D'Angelo, and then, of course, it's our debut, as you love so much, of a little game. We're going to say, we'll tease that for the end, but let's talk about the quarterback so far. It's been an impressive run. Let's get to the, the biggest one at the top, the one that everybody's talking about, D'Angelo, because he's dressing like it's the 1970s. He's buttoning it up to his belly button. He's got hair hanging out off his face, off his chest, off his chains, everywhere you go, because he's so cool and he's so awesome. And that's Gardner Minshew uh, carrying the Jaguars so far.
2: Yeah, I... I, the jury's still out on him, man. When I see him play, he reminds me of a Baker Mayfield. He reminds me of, uh, um, what, what was the quarterback? that Johnny that Manziel? Was, yeah, Johnny Manziel. Like, so not play is, style, his style. His style, not, not play style, his style. Like, that's who it reminds me of. Even when he drops back in the pocket, I'm thinking, man, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. You know, those quarterbacks, but obviously he's getting it done in, in Jacksonville. I'm not sure why people think that the 70s and 80s were cool. There was a lot of stuff happening in the 70s and 80s that uh, even people born in the 70s and 80s don't even talk about and ashamed of. So <laughs> It's member berries, just... man. <laughs> so let's just stick with where we are right now. I'm, I'm cool with everything he's doing, the Uncle Rico uh, thing the no- <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite reference and all this stuff, but just play football, Gardner. Just just keep giving us you know win after win after win, and and I'm not so sure he is as good as his wins suggest because they have a really good defense over there in Saxonville. But you know I'm just that's gonna sit here and I'm gonna talk about going to Minshew like the mainstream media is that that's all they talk about. It like this guy can do no wrong, but the fact of the matter is is who have they beaten?
1: Uh, let's see. Mm, semi-playoff teams? They didn't beat Kansas City in the first week. So if you had to give them a grade... See, I'll give you this, D'Angelo. I'll say I agree with a lot of what you just said. And we talked about before we even came on the show. As I said this to my buddies watching the game, I said nobody would be talking up gardner Minshew this much if he didn't dress like that. Like If he was no. just... If he was Daniel Jones, everybody would just be like, yeah, whatever. Okay, it's a quarterback that's playing better than we expect. He's he's doing okay. Basically, everything you just said. I will give him an A- though, because. He only has one interception. You, you, you're right. They have scaled back the playbook. Yes. They're letting him play this short to intermediate check down, take what's there. He has taken some shots. I mean, he drove down the field for the game-winning score last week in Denver. I think that's somewhat impressive. So I yes. actually give him an A- just because he's doing the best he can with what he's given and able to do.
2: That's, that's funny that you feel that way because I, I also, with his off-the-field stuff, I will compare Gardner Minshew off the field. Off the field. The, the way that he dressed, the way that he carried himself, very similar to Cam Newton, but nobody has a problem with it, though.
0: Nobody no, has yeah, a problem this, with it. You take that's, his that's 70s and
2: 80s getup off the field, it's very similar to the way that Cam dresses off the field as far as, you know, people, him saying it's fashion and us saying, like, that's just downright awful dressing. It literally... That's they are the same quarterback as it relates to stuff off the field and how they dress. But some people love the seventies, eighties look. Nobody loves the Cam Newton. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> originality, is he right? That's what I'm All saying. Right. That's what I think is crazy. Like people can handle certain things, and when they can't handle it, they just don't agree with it. Like ah, nah, I'm okay. With nah, he's a good quarterback, but but then you look at Gardner hey. Minshew, bring the same thing to the table, and everybody's eating it up. Because it's different.
1: so. Do you have two? Do you have two different grades for him then? Do you have like an off-field grade I, I would, and an on-field grade? I, I would grade? give
2: him a grade on the field in terms of I'd give him a B minus, and I'm giving him a B minus because his defense is awfully good. Any of the quarterbacks that we mentioned today that is not a starter by nature, that's a backup or playing that role and playing it well, it's going to all boil down to how good their defense is. Because right now, all teams are asking these backup quarterbacks to do or these replacement quarterbacks to do. It's just manage the game. No Don't no win it. Give me Dak Prescott a couple of years ago. Just manage the game. Our defense is good enough. Okay, That's then all let's ask.
1: get to the next one. Then let's talk and then about Jacobi I would Brissette. give him
2: a C- minus, uh, off the field in terms of how he dresses <laughs> and how he carries himself. I wasn't a huge Napoleon Dynamite fan. I think I wasted – an hour two hours of my time and i did not vote pedro because i didn't think he was he was good for the job d'angelo i've never watched that movie a second time i'm with you
1: i oh, I don't i don't get awful. the love for it it's awful i, I think it. the
2: greatest line in that movie ever is when he left his chapstick and he called his grandmother and he was like can you bring my chapstick i think that's the best line because <laughs> every remember. kid was thinking this to get out of school <laughs> i don't even remember that
1: <laughs> that's how much of the, all right so jacoby Brissett in indianapolis has at least two touchdowns in every single game three and two he played last week without ty hilton still had three touchdowns so i'm assuming we gotta say your grade's gonna be higher in jacoby Brissett.
2: i it it is because he doesn't have a lot to work with uh, outside of ty hilton who else does he have yeah a bunch of guys exactly. four
1: wide receivers mixing in Is it's basically wide receiver by committee <laughs> Right,
2: that's what I'm saying. So I I would give Jacoby Brissett the highest grade out of all the quarterbacks that we're going to talk about today because he has the least amount to work with, and his defense is not one of those defenses that are going to shut teams down week in and week out. So he has the hardest hill to climb, and I honestly think out of all the quarterbacks, again, Jacoby Brissett is the top quarterback in this because he doesn't have a lot to work with. And he's still going out there. He's still throwing three touchdowns. He's still throwing two touchdowns. He's still getting the job done. But the problem is is that these defenses are going to have to step up. I said this last week. In order for teams to win with a quarterback that they usually don't play with, and I'm trying to stay away from calling them backup quarterbacks or calling them fill-in quarterbacks uh, because right now their role is starting. So with that being said, you know, they step in and they play with these quarterbacks that they don't – the 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 unit of measurement or the the window of, of making mistakes shrink because this quarterback can't bring you back from those mistakes that you make because that's just not where he had in his training and and in, in his career. He's not one of those is going to check you to that big play and throw the ball down the field. He's going to probably so check you to a lesser, safer play and get the ball instead of picking up six yards, he's going to move it down to four yards, be safe and be a ball mover and a chain mover than a touchdown scoring machine, if that makes any sense.
1: No, it does. So what are you giving him? Are you giving him an A? I'm giving giving Jacoby
2: Brissett an A-plus only because, yes, A-plus. He doesn't have much to work with. And the rest of the guys that we talk about today, we can probably name three or four playmakers that they have behind them. Like Garner Mitchell. we talked to him earlier. Leonard Fournette, (laughs) that's a – just him by himself not talking about the receivers just him by himself that's going to stack the box where you have 8 so now you have throwing lanes so it's not like it's tough for him
1: yeah i'll i'll give him a b plus uh, i just the the yards and I'm the giving, fact-
2: i'm giving him i'm giving him an a plus man
1: uh, i i can't get there yet i just i i got to see him win some of the tougher games like he lost last week against the raiders he beat the falcons who don't have a defense the Ch- the titans game it's somewhat of a tough one, but I, I, I'll give you this. I can get to an A-plus if he throws for two or three touchdowns again this week against the
2: Chiefs. How about that? Well, well, well here's the thing, though. I'm looking at this as a moral victory. I'm not looking at this <laughs> as, like, an actual victory. This is, this is why. Because what's going on is Jacoby Brissett, he's going into each game, and he's in an ass-kicking contest, and he only has one leg. He's not getting knocked out. He's holding his own. It's just that he's not winning. Does that make any sense? Like, it that's does. Impressive.
1: It does. All right. So then how are you going to give that kind of a the fact that he's <laughs> this next one? Is it an ass kicking context with no legs? Because I, I, I'm assuming <laughs> Josh Rosen's got to get a little bit of a pass, doesn't he?
2: Uh, no. You oh, here, here, hold on. hold on, hold
1: <laughs> you, on. You've been going first in the first two. I'm going to tell you because I think it's going to shock you. I'm going to tell you first. I'm giving Josh Rosen a B because you want to talk about not working with anything. This guy was set up to fail with the worst offense run offensive line team in general last year, gets thrown to a team that's worse this year and is still looking like a capable quarterback. If you can look like a capable quarterback on the Dolphins, you get a B.
2: Okay, so this is why Brissette's so high. Because coming into the season, Andrew Luck was the guy. Nobody ever talked about Jacoby. We all knew that the Dolphins were going to be terrible. We right. knew that. Right. We knew coming in, it it was no way. It didn't matter who you put at the helm back there, quarterback. You could put Tom Brady back there, and nobody was still expecting the Dolphins to do anything, correct? Right. We look at the the Colts. We were the same the same uh, thing that we were thinking that the Colts were going to do then. We still think they can still do it with Brissette at the helm.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing
2: has changed from that perspective. Uh, I don't I'm think I'm they're saying. quite as good with Brissette at the helm. Well, I mean, it, it doesn't. I mean, what was the change from him The Luck was what? Two or three wins?
1: Yeah, I think you go from Super Bowl. I think he goes Super Bowl contender to playoff team. Versus the dolphins, or I mean the dolphins whoa, are the whoa, dolphins, whoa, but
2: whoa, 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 what whoa, Jake whoa, 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 did you say that they were super Bowl contending team with Andrew luck at quarterback?
1: absolutely hundred percent you okay over there
2: i I just took a deep breath um i I don't okay, all right, <laughs> okay. Tell me why uh, I'm wrong. But back to back back to reality. Uh okay. Josh Rosen uh we wasn't expecting a lot out of him the Dolphins or anybody uh in that position including the head coach and the coaching staff. Right. Uh when this coaching staff got hired people was asking questions like what? Who? Why? And to this day we're still saying the same thing. What? Who? Why? <laughs> to the play, the play calling and the players, everybody want to get out of there, including the towel boy and the water boy. So it's not like uh, you know it was going to be a big deal when they got in there. So that's why I'm giving him a D minus. Oh, that's
1: that's uh, so wrong, man. Josh Rosen has a, it's he, not. He's wrong. got it's, more crap put on a, who you work with. He, but he's got more exactly. He's got more crap put on his shoulders than any quarterback in the NFL, and he's still out there playing 100 percent and looking like I said, decent. Like you took Marlon Mack versus. Kenyon Drake, Marlon Mack every time. T.Y. Hilton versus whatever you want to pick off the Dolphins. You're going to take T.Y. Hilton every time. The tight end, I, Mike I'm Kisteke. telling you
2: right now. Well, what J- Jacoby, he didn't have it. Jacoby he didn't have it. T.Y. Hilton in the last game. And he still, That's one game. He still dropped back and threw. And pre- he's still got one of the best. It, of, it doesn't matter. He
1: still got one of the best offensive lines in the league versus the absolute worst offensive line in the league.
2: Well, you know what? He could do like any sensible football player in today's time. Ask for a trade.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, we're, we're going to talk about how well that stuff works out in a second. All right, so let's get to the next one, who's stepping in for Mitch Trubisky out in Chicago. I'm sorry, Mitchell Trubisky. I didn't say his full name. Uh, he's out for a few weeks. Chase Daniel comes in and looks pretty good replacing him. Where Do you have any thoughts on Ch- Chase Daniel and his grade so far? It's only a
2: ha- basically a half I, game. I, I really don't because it was it, I, it's hard for me to grade him, and I'm, I'm going to put an N.A. beside <sighs> Chase's name. because Incomplete. Chase was a backup quarterback. It's Yeah, well, the reason why is, is it's not applicable because of this and because of this reason only. As a backup quarterback, you don't get any snaps during the week as it relates to first-string first, uh, first string reps. Right. So he didn't get the first-string reps. He didn't get a chance to look at his defense. He stepped in cold, and he stepped in reasonably. I want to see what he looks like this week coming up because now he has a full week to prepare for a team, and now we get to see the, the true Chase Daniels. Is it going to be the Chase Daniels that we saw in Missouri? I don't know. Is it going to be the Chase Daniels that we saw when he was with the Redskins? If you see that guy right there, I don't, the Bears are gonna I don't think the we're going to see any game.
1: of them because you keep throwing an S on his last name. Come on,
2: <laughs> I is that not what we do? We just we we make it plural for us. <laughs> for us? Chase Daniels <laughs> is that like Alshon Jeffries? <laughs> what? Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's what it is. That's why Chase Daniel will uh he'll always be a conundrum until this week coming up so we can see exactly what he brings to the table. Because for us to 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 grade him right now on his performance not having those first string reps with the first team. Is, uh, is at a disadvantage to himself.
1: All right, well, that's fair. I, I gave him a C plus because he performed admirably, but I, I'm with you too. It's because you get thrown into the middle of the game and it's not like the offense is built around you, which is going to have a quarterback we're talking about at the end specifically for that. Next one, Matt Barkley stepping in for Josh Allen. Does it matter? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, did you... I
2: was just going to say, it doesn't matter who you put back there at quarterback. I, I would give Matt Barkley the same <laughs> that I would give Josh Allen. And – I, no. You know what? We'll talk about that later because I get pissed off every time we talk about Josh Allen and how he went down and Okay, and we'll, well we'll we'll come in.
1: back to that. You gotta give him a great. I'll tell you my yeah. grade. I'll give Matt Barkley an F because I know who Matt Barkley is. I've seen Matt
2: Barkley, he's an F. I, I'm not I'm not a Matt Barkley fan. I wasn't a fan of him when he was at USC. I, I don't know. How he's risen to such fame? It was because so you remember
1: that you remember, look, especially from college and everything. Like you know, there was those years where just every USC quarterback got blown up and propped up and hyped up well above what they deserved.
2: Man, he went to the wrong team because the team that he currently plays for right now has one of the best defenses in the National Football League, and out of most of these quarterbacks, he has the larger upside because of his potential in the defensive side of the ball with the bills. He doesn't, I don't think he has an offensive coordinator or coordinators good enough to get him where he needs to be for them to win football games in terms of at a high level, those playoff caliber teams because the coaching staff isn't there. In my opinion, I think they have it on the defensive side. They just don't have it on the offensive side. All
1: right, fair enough. Do they have
2: a developer over there? Do they have a developer over there? the bills do they have a coaching staff oh, okay. or a coach over there whether it's the offense coordinator the quarterbacks coach no, do that's they have the- somebody that can develop that's what I'm saying that they're missing
1: yeah I was gonna say I don't think they have that I think they made the smart moves in the whole ties to as you know we talked about before with Sean McDermott and bringing that over and bringing in what you need for Josh Allen to develop that way but as a quarterback developer I'm with you I don't think they really have it so what about yeah. You said it, my guy. I'm saying
2: my guy as in Jake's guy. Like, what about? I'm going to let you start. I'm going to let you start on your guy. And Daniel Jones? You you was really high on him in the preseason. (laughs) I wasn't high high on him him in the preseason. (laughs) You know, it's still high on him now. No, no, no. For everybody out there that knows this, I was one of,
1: I am in the collective, but I am past the collective as one of the guys that poo-poo Daniel Jones more than most, because what did we say last week? And I said, the only good thing that I saw in Daniel Jones is the short to intermediate game. And the good thing that the Giants did is they built a team, like Shepard, short to intermediate, Evan Ingram, short to intermediate, Golden Tate, now that he's back, short Saquon. Bar- they actually built a team around him. So they're building to his strengths, but I, we're talking Rich Gannon here, in my opinion, like you can get to a championship and carry him there. He's not going to carry the team. So I will say this, for what he's done, with only Shepard and Ingram and losing Barkley, he still made plenty of mistakes. He still threw the interception. He should have more interceptions than he has. He's showing rookie flaws. I will say he's been better than I thought. So I'm going to give him a B minus.
2: You are really nice with your grades. Outside of Matt Barkley and you having a personal bandetta against him. <laughs> all your grades have been very. PC. I gave Chase Daniel a C plus. Yeah, but I mean, that's still passing though. Like that's one of those slap on the wrist type grades. Like, hey man. (laughs) All right, well, here before we
1: have two more after this. I'm gonna downgrade one of those grades right now just to just to be more mean like you. So, what are you giving Daniel Jones? Are you not giving him a passing grade? I'm
2: I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him a passing grade. Okay, absolutely. I'm gonna give him a C plus because of what he's been able to do. Uh, not having a running game, uh, not having an offensive line, not having a general manager, um. You know, with all those things coming to play, I think he's doing pretty good with all the pressure that he has, uh, coming in as a rookie and being uh declassified, I'd like to say, because nobody thought he was a good quarterback coming into this and playing on borrowed time. Like it's easy as a backup quarterback to come in and play a football game because nobody's expecting anything from you. So now next week, when we go into next week and you know who your starter is. Granted, I know Daniel had to start you know, last week uh, and the week before that because they benched uh, pay, uh, uh, Eli Manning. Right. I'm saying just in general, all these quarterbacks. Like As you get more tape on these quarterbacks and the more they get comfortable, you get a chance to see what type of quarterback they are. Oh, We're like, going to get to see hey, it real you quick. You know continue? what the
1: next two games for the Giants are, right? <laughs> no, who do they got? Vikings and at Patriots. We're going to find out real fast what Daniel Jones can
2: do. Yeah, we're going to find out quick, very <laughs> quick. And <laughs> that's going to be great. But I, I don't think any team that played the Patriots should be a measuring stick because the Patriots right now are hitting on all cylinders right now. They ran into a bit of a buzzsaw when they played the Bills. And I told you last week, I, what did I tell you last week about that defense? Yeah, I know. You gave me hell about it. You know Tom Brady only had 150 yards receiving. Yeah, right? but who I won mean, the game? Pass. That's what I told you. I, 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 I didn't say that they was going to win the game. I'm just <laughs> telling you how – prominent their defense is over in buffalo you said and i said he was gonna throw two picks i obviously i was off he threw one and held him to 150 yards passing which was his lowest in years yeah i was definitely I definitely really would have taken the over defensive side yes. yeah that you took the over i know it wasn't no i definitely you took the over <laughs> hey that's what do we put it at like I mean, 200 saying, something i'm not saying i told you so but i told you so okay all
1: right so two more Teddy Bridgewater. I, uh, that's the one I downgraded his grade just for you, just so I could be meaner. What grade What grade are you giving Teddy Bridgewater so far?
2: I'm giving him a, a hundred percent. What? I, what? I am giving Teddy Bridgewater a hundred percent perfect grade. And here's why. Oh my God. Do you know how good you have to be to feel Drew Brees' shoes? He's not, he's not asked to win football games because their defense is playing at a super high level over in in the New Orleans Saints. It's not like the NFC South is a tough division. Look at that. Like Look at the games that they have coming up. And I'm I'm telling you right now, what Teddy Bridgewater is doing with the Saints right now, um, I think is something that other football teams need to look at, and here's why. Teddy Bridgewater brings something to the table that Drew Brees don't. You know what he brings? Mobility. Drew Brees is not one of those quarterbacks that's gonna tuck the ball and run. Uh, He's run eight times. Teddy Bridgewater is. Say what? He's run eight times in three games. He hasn't done Te- that. He- Teddy Bridgewater. That's because he hadn't had to. He's had a nice pocket. He's doing hold what on, it takes to on. win. They, you you know who they just beat, right? You know who they beat with you their know, starting oh, quarterback. Oh, oh, oh. And you picked how, to go to the Super Bowl.
1: How many how many touchdowns did they put on the board?
2: They. Who who won the game? You how just many said this it, about Tom Brady. You said who won it, the game? Did they put on the board who won the game? Did he do his job? No, Did he do his no, job. No, he damn didn't. Damn you, fantasy experts! Damn you, fantasy football players! I'm talking about in reality. Did he do his damn job? Did his no. team win? No, because the 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 goal every week is to go one and zero. Did he go one and zero this week?
1: He did not go one and zero. The defense went one and zero, and the kicker went one and zero. And you know how I feel about kickers. <sighs> Teddy Bridgewater, I downgraded Teddy Bridgewater for what you were talking about filling his shoes. He he might as well be walking around like he's got clown shoes on with them things flopping around off his feet because he's not even close to filling his shoes because he's been a game manager at best you have michael what th- look you, stop you,
2: don't you don't you, you damn, have don't you don't alvin camara that disrespect you have alvin camara you, you have an
1: amazing offensive yes. line you have michael thomas ted ginn Traquan yes. smith you have a lit you have jared cook you have a litany of weapons and you have one game yes. where you've thrown touchdowns the other two
2: games you have zero touchdowns in a pick are they winning though you didn't the, did you give tom brady the same hill we literally just talked about tom brady he had, how many receiving how many passing touchdowns did Tom Brady throw last no, week?
1: No, he played like crap. I'll say that Tom Brady played like crap. I, okay,
2: all right. But, but you never you never once pointed that out, but then we get to Teddy Bridgewater and you want to point that out. Because we weren't because, we weren't because we weren't evaluating Tom Brady.
1: 1-0. We weren't giving him a grade. Teddy Bridgewater gets a D plus. He lost to the Rams and then wow. He won a game against the Cowboys where the offense scored zero touchdowns.
2: Unbelievable. And so you're basically telling me the Saints are better than the Cowboys on their worst day, is what you're telling me.
1: Uh, yeah, on their worst day, and that's why I like the Saints. You know, they were my Super Bowl team. You, just, you told me I was
2: stuck I with them. Believe, but you also, said, you also said that the Cowboys were contenders. Was also in the hunt for the yes. Super Bowl. Yes, and I'm not changing my tune <laughs> on that. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I give Teddy Bridgewater uh, 100% in all categories because he's, he's, he's asked to step in fill a role of a quarterback, and Drew Brees, a Hall of Famer that's dynamic, and he's continued to have the same success Drew Brees had in terms of the win-loss column. Not the stats that he put up every game. I'm not saying by no means that Teddy Bridgewater is bringing a different element to the game that Drew Brees didn't other than him running with the ball at quarterback. I'm telling you that Teddy Bridgewater is doing enough that Drew Brees is missed, uh, but we can live on without
1: him. He stepped into Elon Manning's shoes, not Drew Brees' shoes. Come on.
2: <laughs> let's do the last one. Teddy did? Yes.
1: He's a game manager. Wow. Let, let's get to the next one. Let's get to the final one because yeah. I know you want to talk about oh, him. when
2: you want to talk about a game manager, the ultimate game manager Mason is Rudolph. Mason Rudolph. Okay, go ahead. Oh, he 100% Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater, um, uh, Garner Minshew, he, I, he took some shots down the field. Are these Teddy Bridgewater and uh, Mason Rudolph, they're throwing it to the running backs. They are the leading receivers. They are the Carolina Panthers. It's Carolina Panthers. I mean, Allen, Rudolph, Bridgewater, same quarterback, minus the other two, Teddy Bridgewater. Can, he's very mobile when it comes to getting out of the pocket. But they're all the same. I will give Mason Rudolph, even though they did beat the Cincinnati Bengals, I will give him a C-.
1: Yeah, I'm not far from you. I give him a C- because he did what he was asked to do. And that's, like you said, they changed the entire offense for Mason Rudolph. You talked about it. This is good for everybody out there.
2: I am not a fan of this new offense. Oh, neither I am I. I but you, you
1: talked about it with Chase Daniel. With Chase Daniel, the fact that when you step in mid-game, the game, the game plan doesn't change. The quarterback is like a good example. Last year, Lamar Jackson coming in for Joe Flacco. They didn't change the playbook. They simplified yeah. it. They didn't change much. This was a whole new style All of right. offense. I don't like it either. Basically, you're telling me your top two receivers are James Conner and Jalen Samuels.
2: That's, that's, and and the, the backup quarterback is the, the backup running back. Samuels, yeah. How crazy is that? They ran the Wildcat like 10 times. It was giving me flashbacks of when I was in Carolina. And uh, Dan Henning brought the Wildcat from college to the NFL, and it worked wonders for us. And then he took it down to Miami, and, you know, that's been history because Ricky Williams and uh, Ronnie Brown took it to a whole nother level. But seeing them run this offense, I knew then that they were at the end of that playbook, and they couldn't install anything (laughs) else other than than putting the running backs in their best position. Because right now, let's face it, uh, with the quarterback being the quarterback and Mason Rudolph and not being able to get the ball to your playmakers at receiver, your best bet on your offense right now is your running back because I can put it in his hands and allow him to be dynamic. I'm
1: with you. All right, so last one before we get to our next topic, Dwayne Haskins, and this isn't so much to give him a grade, D'Angelo. The question I want to ask you for for Dwayne Haskins I'm going to spin this completely different. Is Jay Gruden going to ruin Dwayne Haskins because he brings him in against the Giants, which is one of the worst defenses in the league. He throws three interceptions. They get the Patriots next week. So it looks like they're not going to play him because Gruden's already talking up Colt McCoy if he's healthy. And we've seen Gruden before go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with Griffin and Kirk Cousins. And, is being a rookie and getting pulled in and out of the lineup, starting no confidence, you get benched because you didn't perform. Could he ruin Dwayne Hoskins for his career by not letting him grow as a player? You mentioned it before. He's not gonna get reps unless he's actually starting because he's not going to get those reps in practice.
2: Well, I think that's where you you're wrong. I think wrong on what? You can give him those reps. You could give him them reps in practice. But they uh, don't. You don't just said that before. They him. don't. I think what he's I think it looks like he's trying to ruin them where in fact he's really trying to protect him. Uh, but we don't see it as that way because we see it as this guy's getting he's missing out on valuable reps that he could be getting in the game because you guys are no good anyway. Right. Uh but the the fact of the matter is is they spent all that money on their starting quarterback. I don't know why. I told them before they got him you know, there's four or five other quarterbacks that you can bring in that can play better than the guy that you're bringing in. So I think that they're trying to protect Haskins. And and the reason why they're trying to protect Haskins is because maybe he doesn't have the ego we think that he has. Maybe it's fragile. Maybe he's saying, hey, you know, let me get him a couple reps here and a couple reps there. And we don't see the bigger picture. I think Jay Gruden, has the potential to have something special there because so if you're not going to fix your offensive line woes then you're gonna have to have a mobile quarterback to get you out of that trouble
1: so you're saying I just I'm gonna make this clear because that's a, a good insight in my opinion this is one of the times where this is good to hear what you have to say because I look at it as I say why not roll him out against the Patriots I understand it's the Patriots and they're probably going to embarrass him but I go back to he's not Peyton Manning but Peyton Manning through 28 interceptions as a rookie
2: like Take it on the chin and learn. learn. He didn't I, throw much. He, didn't, he threw about that many his last year, too. So the you know, same energy so, he came in when he went out with. Look, but you see
1: what my point is, is like let him take those shots unless, to I guess to your point, don't take those shots if his, if his confidence is that fragile.
2: Right. And it ain't necessarily got to be his confidence is that fragile, but you get those quarterbacks that are like that. So, for instance, I'll give you a case in point. If you throw him out there. Like uh, David Carr. Like David Carr went to Fresno State. He came into the league, and, you know, he would get sacked every other play. He was, like, gun-shy out of this world. And it continued with him for the rest of his career. So when he came to Carolina, he was so gun-shy. He'd have time in the pocket, and you just see him scrambling. You're like, why is he scrambling? Because you get that muscle memory of getting hit so many times. And I don't think they want to do this to Haskins early because you want to you want to get a rookie quarterback in there you want to get his confidence up and you want to keep it up the moment it drops as a team you got to deal with that and you got to deal with it because that's an internal battle if you can't handle that internal battle then you have ruined him for his career and he won't be able to bounce back from it so I like what they're doing with him in terms of putting him in there and spurts and allowing him to see his progress and not regress
1: I think that makes sense. I just don't think it'll make sense if it's, they, you know, they don't even play them against the Patriots, but they come out next game and now some starter, yank them halfway through or then bench them the next week. or Like, once you make that decision, I think you got to stick with them, in my opinion.
2: But Well, you don't have to because you're the coach. I mean, you don't have to listen to all these damn uh, talking heads and fans and whoever else want to talk about what you're doing on the outside of that locker room. It's your locker room. He's doing exactly what he wants to do. If Jay Gruden want to pull him, he'll pull him. If he want him to stay, he want him to stay because at the end of the day, his job is on the line. Uh, nine he, hours. We he, just here to talk about. He
1: it. might not have a job next year. Actually, I told you this is he's <laughs> he's near the top of my list, and it's he's creeping to number one with each passing week. This team is going to be looking uh, elsewhere next year. All right. So speaking of decisions, let's get to something that you and I talked about during this offseason, and we had an argument about doing it right when to talk about holdout and running backs and stuff like that. And and we we went back and forth, and I told you Ezekiel Elliott was doing it right and Melvin Gordon was doing it wrong, and this is why, because I didn't think he had the same leg to stand on as Ezekiel Elliott. He wasn't Ezekiel Elliott level. Both of them were in the same situation where they still had contracts to play through, but Melvin Gordon finally relented, and what I'm going to compare what I usually do a lot, and that's poker. I, I think that he got his bluff called. He saw how good Austin Eckler was and how good this team was without him, and they were fine without him and said, you know what? I I might as well show up and get my paychecks and get my year either way because they're going to be fine with me holding out to Week 10. So for Melvin Gordon, that's why I told you, D'Angelo, I felt like he did it wrong because he
2: wasn't in the right situation for him. Well, I I think he did it right, and he did it right from this standpoint right here. Uh, I was always told a man that won't stand for something will fall for anything. And he stood for what he thought was right. Whether we believed in him or not, whether we felt like he done it wrong or him doing it right. If he's okay with how it can it turned out, then I'm okay with it too. He let the team know, like, hey, I am willing to sit out. He set out, you know, three games, uh, and he did exactly what he said he was gonna do. So next time when he he uses that as a, a filibuster or he uses it as a way of getting more money, they know, hey, this guy is not to be played with. He will sit out. He set out the other two games. So it's setting him up for uh, progress later on down the road. I I hope that was the picture that he was trying to paint as opposed to trying to paint the picture of necessarily getting paid right now. But eventually, he's going to get paid and he's going to get paid heavily and he's going to get the money that he wants because, hey, if it's going to cost me a few thousand dollars now to make those millions on the back end to let people know, like, hey, look, I'm serious about this sitting down if you really don't want to pay me the money that I think that I'm worth.
1: Uh, see yes, I I gotta tell you, down. I kinda of feel like D'Angelo is just like a parent with a punishment saying, Hey, you're grounded for three weeks and then comes back and be like, All right, you're fine, it's only one week and then there's the the, the kid doesn't listen in the future because you folded. I feel like Melvin Gordon folded. Like well, if you well, if he was really going to stand hey, I don't think he folded.
2: He said he did exactly what he said. No, he, he was gonna, gonna he said, said he was holding out till week would, ten. Oh, did he say you? You did he specifically say week ten? And he said, "I'm gonna hold out." Me holding out doesn't put a number of how many games I'm gonna hold out to. I
1: I don't know why you show up now, unless you're folding the fact that you realize you got nothing to stand on and you just want your paycheck.
2: Well, I I, I think he has a lot to stand on because I think after week ten, if you don't, if you're not on the 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 squad or the uh right, that's the, why that that was that roster deadline. right. Right. So then let me ask you this real
1: quick. Do you think with what happened with Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Melvin Gordon, is hopefully changing things for the future of the NFL and running backs? Do you think this is starting to work? Oh,
2: not hopefully. They have absolutely changed things for the the running backs totally. Running backs now, uh, especially with this new crop of uh, quarterbacks that are coming in, are showing the value of these running backs because without the names that we just mentioned today – on our podcast, would be nothing without the supporting cast of the running game. Like, we literally would not be talking about them. Each one of the quarterbacks that we talked about right now, leading receiver is the running back. So they keep adding value there, just like, uh, you know, Ezekiel holding out, Le'Veon holding out because they want more money. These things right now that they're doing right now, later is going to affect the game in such a way that, you know the quarterbacks will still be the highest paid, but now the running backs is like the second highest paid instead of it being the blind side tackle or <laughs> the wide receiver. So we just upping the money to where it's uh, negotiable to where now we can get $15, dollars a year as opposed to only getting nine or ten being our ceiling. And I, I like what they're what they're showing and what they're doing, and I also like the evolve the evolution of the 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 play calling in terms of how can I protect my rookie or young quarterback. That doesn't have the experience that my other quarterbacks have. How do I protect them? I put in a, a three-dimensional running back that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Matchup problem is going to always be with the middle linebacker, outside linebacker that's not usually in coverage. They so usually blitz or 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 come up the middle. Now you got to guard a guy that you know you can't guard, just dump him the ball, and we just play chain game the whole day. The whole day.
1: All right. So speaking of which, that's a really good transition spot here. Is the fact that one of those teams doing that and using their running back more in the passing game, and it has been one of the best running backs in the NFL is Nick Chubb. The Browns are back atop the NFC AFC North, uh, just, well, 2-2, two and two, so they're tied with the Ravens, but they sign Eric Berry as well. Do you think that Baker Mayfield is showing up as much as he did against the Ravens? Like, this is what we were thinking in the preseason. If they turn the corner to, hey, this is a real contender, and this they just kind of got off to a slow start?
2: Jake Seely, I remember having a conversation with you, and you emphatically said that the Baltimore Ravens will win this division, hands down. No, I didn't.
1: Did you know? Don't put words in my mouth. Oh, Jake. Don't put words in my mouth. Did you pick the Baltimore
2: Ravens to win this division? No, 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 no,
1: no, sir. Don't change my words. I picked the Browns the entire time and said Lamar Jackson oh. the Brown, and the Ravens are good enough to challenge him.
2: No, don't, don't change that on me. Right, I'm I'm going to have to go back. Check gonna the go tape. Back. I'm going to check with our tech guys. I'm going <laughs> to go back and see if I can't find the tape and we could play the tape right here saying that you said that the Baltimore Ravens. You can go pull up
1: my other event. podcast, too, where we did our picks and I actually had the Browns. I'm pretty division. sure
2: you said that because I said the Steelers was going to take it. and You was like, no, nah, I like Baltimore. No, no, no. I said the Baltimore Ravens were a serious threat. But
1: anyway, let's talk about the – the, are the Browns a
2: serious okay, threat? We'll, we'll talk about the Browns. I'm going to say this, and, 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 and this is going to be my to-be-honest in this segment, not my overall to-be-honest. To be honest, the Cleveland Browns, in my opinion, offensively, is the best team to watch when they have the ball. It is unbelievable the weapons that they have. Uh, Jarvis Landry just blew the freak up last game. Uh, no question, OBJ didn't do much, but they have them. They have Chubbs. Uh, they have Baker Mayfield. They are loaded on offense. And guess who they get back in week eight?
1: Mm, Kareem Hunt Well, week nine.
2: Yeah, week nine. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. So, th- they add another running back to the stable because by that time, they're going to need it because Chubbs has been a workhorse that needs a break. Um, But with that being said, I, I – I'm not shocked. I was a, I was on the Cleveland Browns bandwagon when they signed OBJ, well before they signed OBJ because I honestly think Baker Mayfield just have that moxie where he just sits in the pocket and literally takes shot after shot after shot after shot. you think the kid would be like, you know what, I'm tired of taking these shots and start ducking them and throwing picks, but he still stands in there and he takes those shots. He does what it takes uh, to be the quarterback that delivers the ball. And I said, any guy that's willing to do that, you can win with Because he know what it takes to be an NFL quarterback. So are they taking this division now, in your opinion? Uh, it's still up in the air, man. It's still up in the air. Pick one today. Browns or Ravens. If I could pick if I can pick one today, I'm taking the Browns. And the reason why I'm taking the Browns is because Lamar Jackson started off so hot, man, the first couple of weeks. And then, you know, I he obviously didn't know that the weather changes just like the fans (laughs) and the Oh wait, wait! So and, hold on. Is, and,
1: you talked about those with David Montgomery. Did Lamar Jackson do what you said some players do? Did he sprint and already finish?
2: No, he didn't sprint and already finish. Okay. What happened is, is he he relied too much on his legs. Like, oh yeah, if I ever get in trouble, and I I don't think that he he still practiced hard, but he didn't practice on the things that made him who he was. The first two games, he was like, oh yeah, you know, I'm good enough. I'm there. I've arrived, and like these last two weeks he's gotten that eye opener and now he's back in the lab like, Oh dude, I, I won't ever do that again. It's kind of like, you know, you put yourself in a situation and you, you pray yourself out of it. You was like, I'm never going back to that ever again. That feels awful, but you know what ended up happening, right? Week nine, 10 or 11, you fall victim to the same thing you prayed yourself out of because you forgot that prayer brought you in this thing and non-prayer is going to take you out. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. I like it. Speaking of those type of
1: situations and not appealing and all that, I wanted to ask you something. This from the, look, I'm coming from the fan side. This is why we do the show, the fan side versus the player side. And one of the things that has always really ticked me off as a fellow quote unquote fan and somebody sitting back and watching these games is when I'm watching a game and something like the bears and Mitch Trubisky has been playing pretty poorly this year and he gets hurt. And some fans start to cheer. That D'Angelo, I don't, I'm, I'm thinking it maybe does the same for the players. It ticks me off because I'm like, how on earth? Like, what the hell? Kind of uh, guts? Like, I don't understand what kind of person cheers for somebody to get hurt because they're upset with how things are going. Like, I would never cheer for an injury, and I got to think that as a player, that would tick you off as well.
2: Yeah, I don't think they're necessarily cheering for an injury um, or the injured to be injured. I think. Uh, with did you never play a game in Buffalo? Of I don't remember. <laughs> I think I, those fans. I, I, I did. <laughs> I did. But I, I think they're necessarily, like, from an on-the-field perspective, we don't ever think, like, damn, yo, they really cheering that this dude got hurt. I think they're cheering that for so long they wanted you to make a change at quarterback, and it took this injury to make that change. You know, I'm happy for you, not the injury, but I'm happy for the guy that I've been trying to get on the field forever that's how i think we see it as it's like not necessarily them cheering the injury or the injured but they're cheering the person that's coming on that's relieving the person that's injured because i've been trying to get this guy on the damn field for the last two weeks i've written emails (laughs) you know i've talked on all these message boards i've reached out to some of my family and friends that have connections in the front office like yo did you take that a little bit personal like hey like you want
1: you're not gonna take it personal if the fans don't want you on the field anymore
2: no, I there's a lot of guys that are on the field right now that I would love to see off the field. <laughs> like literally get the hell off the field. Like there's quarterbacks right now, uh, that I'm not gonna name Nathan Peterman that I would love to. Well, he's not on the field anymore. Him. Never Well But that's what I'm saying. Like, he still got another opportunity. I'm like, come on now, guys. Like, uh, you know, even when um, you know, he wasn't this bad, but I mean, even looking back at Uh, the quarterback out of Florida that came in. I'm not going to say his name because (laughs) Tim Tebow has a nice following, but even when he was playing, there was a lot of people that didn't want him on the field. It's like, oh, he's the worst quarterback to ever play. He was winning football games. He was still doing what it takes. He beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in the playoffs. So with that being said, like, you know, it, it doesn't, I guess talent necessarily doesn't translate over from college to the NFL field. And there's a lot of people in the front office that don't tell themselves, like, oh, we made a mistake. Because you saying that you made a mistake is you being human, and nobody wants to be human in the front office. Well, that's good. Everybody so want to be beyond human and superhuman.
1: Is that part of it? So what do you think is the reason for the fact of, hey, there's a you said Peterman. There's a lot of quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, quarterbacks that are playing that don't play as well as Kyler Kaepernick did, and he's still sitting out there. Uh,
2: look... I, I, I don't understand that one. I don't understand. Granted, he's, he's he he does a lot off the field. I, I get that. And 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 we're strictly I strictly want to talk about Colin Kaepernick on the field. Yes. Like take all take off all the what he's done off the field, the the uh, the protest, the taking the knee, all that. As it relates to a quarterback being on the field. Out of all the guys we just named, I can't name one that's better than Colin Kaepernick.
1: You're talking about the ones we gave grades to, right?
2: The the one that we gave grades to, I can't name one.
1: Oh, I would take Colin Kaepernick over better
2: than Colin Kaepernick. I would take
1: Kaepernick over all of them and quarterbacks we still haven't even named.
2: Right. So so why is he still sitting so at home? So this is what I'm gonna tell you. This is my theory. And I don't think we're ever from a fan's perspective from a from a from a, from you, I want to know why is he sitting at home so and why are you I'll, okay with them sitting at
1: so home? So I'll give you two. The fans' perspective, and I say fans that way with quotes because it's not my perspective. The fans perspective, I think most people are assuming still the NFL has blackballed them. And because of everything you said, it's the off the field because it's not about the play. There's nobody on earth can watch Colin Kaepernick and say it's about the play. Where I say I do think it's off the field, but I don't think it's necessarily... And you can tell me if I'm wrong, or if you think I'm wrong, because I don't know that any of us know, is I don't think he's necessarily being 100% blackballed by the NFL. I don't know that he wants to play. I think he's gotten to the point where you talked about like the endorsements for other players of being able to hold out and stuff like that. Is I think he's made enough money off the field and on the field that if he doesn't get what he wants, which is a starting job now on a legitimate team, and those are few and far between... I don't, I think he's fine just being what he's doing, and I think that's why. I think part of it is he doesn't want to come back unless it's a situation he wants.
2: Oh, so you think he's had plenty of opportunities? He just hadn't taken the backup. Not role.
1: plenty. I don't. So yeah, I, I think there's been opportunities to be a backup quarterback on some teams, and rightfully so. I have no problem with him turning those down, and I think that's the thing. I don't think he wants to be a quarterback. I think he knows how good he is, and he wants to be a starter. And he he's right. Hey, we talk about it all the time, D'Angelo. He's right to do whatever he wants to do. If he—if that's what he wants, that's what he yeah. wants.
2: Well, I'm telling you right now, out of all 32 teams, there's one team right now that he can go in and make an immediate impact, and that's the Miami Dolphins. I thought him you were going to say the Bills. No, 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 no. Him walking into the Miami Dolphins facility as their quarterback will increase their chances of winning football games and, and increase the morale of the football team. If he went to the Bills, I'm not so sure he'd have the same uh, freedom because obviously they're in a situation where they have to win and they have to win now because they have the defense to do that. Where in Miami, they're not expecting a lot. This a rebuilding stage you can get him in there, get him acclimated with the system, have him run around, do it, the things that he did when he was with San Francisco to create uh you know plays with his legs and capitalize on them. Like th- the that is the team that I can see him going to and making an immediate impact. I don't think the other 31 teams want to deal with the stuff that it relates to off the field. Hey, I, yeah. And and I was always told that and even with the Antonio Brown situation as it relates to on the field uh as long as your production uh keeps outpacing the problems that you have off the field, you'll be fine. But as soon as your off-the-field issues outpace your production, you gotta go. If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But
1: there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to the athletic at theathletic.com/slash to be honest. That's the slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show and D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week, and we'll talk soon.